Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. What's up? And we're back. We're here to cover episodes 10 and 11 of season 39, Island of the Idols, Bring on the Bacon, and A Very Simple Plan. And (laughs) it's like if the merge episode... If the season's a balloon, and the merge episode just wrote nasty things all over that balloon, these are the episodes that cause the balloon to deflate. Yeah. Like, all my enthusiasm is just draining for the season. No, absolutely. Like, this pre-merge was so good. I even, like, was somewhat of a fan, at least of how they were handling the complexity of the merge. But mm-hmm. you're right, now it's like something that was once great is sitting there in a room just kind of deflating, slowly losing any, like, int- intrigue, really. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, okay, so this episode, the the most recent episode was The Family Visit. I'm generally not the biggest fan in the world of The Family Visit anyway, but I think separate to that, neither of these episodes were particularly that captivating, and we can kind of talk into why in a little bit later, but... I am glad that these are kind of put together because it's almost the, like a two act. They almost feel connected to me in a way that a lot of episodes don't. Mm -hmm. And so like, and I don't think the status quo changes too much between them that I'm okay covering both of these at the same time. Yeah. It feels like they're very conjoined as to how they are guiding the season along. It's basically, there's no big shakeups. We're still the same people are in power. And that's how the season is going forward. There's no, the goat army wasn't going to come to power. Uh, Karishma was not the winner we all secretly wanted it to be. Yeah, that's the thing is, I feel like both last week's episode was doing a lot to try and position Karishma as a distraction. You know what I mean? As somebody that you could see being the thorn in the majority side long enough to actually cause some wrinkles as she says in this last episode all it takes is one tribal council for everything to change and we basically saw the story of how that isn't true and like that that message isn't true it takes more than one big tribal council where Mm -hmm. you negate seven votes to actually flip the game it takes social game it takes social grace and basically we saw unfortunately as Dan says in this episode, that ragtag group of losers isn't going to flip anything to be the <laughs> justified statement of the episodes. That kind of sums up the two-episode arc of the Rise of the Goat Army. So, it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Just, and I think with how we're looking at the edit, it looks very obvious. Not only very obvious, but there's not any plausible, like, second runner-ups. Like, to who could win so there's little speculation and yeah it's just not not a good time for season 39 yeah yeah i i agree but you know we'll try to take the i guess some positives one thing in episode 10 bring on the bacon i thought i mean lauren going to the island of the idols i thought was actually painful because we had to sit there for like eight minutes of her talking about every single person's challenge ability <laughs> that was right the worst thing i've ever seen like top tier like i can't believe that they did that that was way <laughs> too long talking about all these people in challenges that we all like i already don't care about that much but i did like the task that she was given yeah i feel like she used it to good um like i really like the betting on the horses thing 
And then separate to that, I love that it was one that you could force people to sit out of. And on top of that, I thought that Lauren and Tommy together getting everybody to sit out was actually a lot of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. It was very, it felt very the genius, like where Mm -hmm. you had to, you were given a task and you knew some of the rules, but you had to sort of come up with your own little twists and turns to really make the most out of it. And she did. And it was an interesting episode to watch because it had this second task where a lot of it was just Lauren sort of planning and executing on how to get these people to win, which was strange. But And I don't know if it worked fully, but made for an interesting episode, I suppose. Yeah, like in the absence of basically the episode from the beginning layered no intrigue whatsoever as to if anything interesting was going to happen in in episode 10. It was Karishma or Elizabeth are going to go home from basically the beginning. We open with just Lauren being so happy to see Tommy and that nothing was shaken up. And then immediately then be like, okay, so uh, which one of these two are going to go home? Mm-hmm. That's the big debate for the whole episode. Right. I like that they kind of made a side quest of okay, we're just going to ditch all the usual social politicking right now to just show, look, Lauren and Tommy do this really cool, impressive thing that shows just how good they are at the game. And, oh, yeah, now we're just going to go back into the really standard choice of whether they're going to put all the votes on Charisma or Split. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess that episode kind of worked for me. Like, I think there was some good development there, but I, I feel like it's kind of hinged on something interesting happening here. Right. We were also spared of the absolute disaster that would have been Karishma idling out Janet. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, I think everyone's heart jumped up a little when the votes were one vote Elizabeth, one vote Janet. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just sort of part of what Janet is because she has had an interesting arc throughout this merge where she was like the very, very bottom. And now, She's somehow back, like, near the top again. I don't know. We'll talk about her when we get to her. But, yeah, very uh, frightening to see Janet possibly go there. But Yeah, that would have been, like, the worst thing in the entire world. And separate to that, having Dan be the... uh, From what I understand, Dan is the one who voted Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And so we were, like, spared from that because of Dan. (laughs) So, like, that's just... I don't even know what to say there. It's just deeply upsetting that we were like, he was like, we have to be kind of thankful for him there, which is a little unfortunate, but yeah, like it was cool, I guess, to see Karishma kind of rise as like, could she be a threat? And the answer is no. Um, But it is kind of a new story that they've sort of carved out here in this season where the goats are unpredictable and there's, there's a clear storytelling, um, through line throughout the whole season of there are all kinds of people who are goats, but using them is so dangerous because sometimes they act in unpredictable ways. And so I guess that was another thing that was kind of fun to see develop, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Um, is that all we have for episode 10? Yeah. I mean the challenge, like the challenge was cool because you did have that element of kind of like the sit out, not sit out. Yeah. And then, like the tribal wasn't that bad. I didn't mind the trench metaphor. Um, and actually, you know what? I really liked the rise of like weirdly angry Karishma that we get. Oh yeah, in episode eleven as well. Like when she yells, "We're gonna put a wrecking ball in their face." 
was uh, deeply concerning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a like it's always exciting to see like Karishma when she's like trying and fighting. Like mm-hmm. she can get really low, but like when she's fighting for it, I feel like she's excited and an interesting player to watch. Oh, for sure. And I feel like the fan base at large kind of like circled around her and like we want her to win and mm-hmm. a little unfortunate that's not what we're seeing. Uh having her leave in the next episode was very tragic. But yeah, so we then go in, it's the family visit. Like I said, this is something that does nothing for me. I thought it was like especially <laughs> awkward this time, but mostly like other people will talk about this a lot of just how awkward Jeff Probst is with the contestants is always <laughs> shocking to me. Uh, yeah, it was weird how like in a what what other have otherwise been a very touching moment, like the person who has like the youngest person ever, their thirteen year old son is Dan, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think like addressing the entire situation as like I think maturely as they did in the edited show at the merge is showing like ridiculous blowback by them just completely dropping it afterwards and just editing him normally is very like you don't you don't get any catharsis or any enjoyment from seeing the creepy guy interact with his kid and it just makes you feel like squeamish and weird and it's mm-hmm. not intended to be that way so yeah and it's just the season like how the game is playing out like janet and tommy choose dan first not even lauren but dan so there's Mm -hmm. like no correlation to this big event that happened at the merge and it's just it's hard to swallow with how it was treated at the merge absolutely you don't want it to be treated any lighter i guess but i hate that now we just have to sort of treat dan as a player again yeah like, the post-merge of this game has kind of been the realization, like, the slow realization, the entire story basically being that Dan is a important member in the game. Like, he has a lot of agency in the game, but separate mm-hmm. to that, they really like him. Mm-hmm. It seems like all the people there genuinely really enjoy Dan's company. Um, obviously, the people that didn't got voted out, but, and, and that's horrible, but like, you like it, it's it's deeply upsetting that you want to be able like I want to be able to say oh he's a goat just like how they're talking about Karishma and Nora and Dean and who is the fourth kind of a lane being but he's not mentioned in that group he's mentioned in the threat group and mm-hmm. I mean, there's just all these trends kind of showing up that makes it like you want to be like oh that's Will Sims or that's the guy who's just going to get to the end and get no votes but it seems like they actually like him and the the entire Kelly thing is not a factor at all on the beach. Yeah. I do edit wise, I do feel like given what we said on previous episodes, we're like, maybe Dan still does have a chance. I feel like this episode uh brought good news on that front in particular. Where I'm a little less I'm less sold that Dan has any sort of chance to win this. Yeah, I mean we can get to that later. I I don't mm-hmm. on it, but like the thing is is the guy's getting like he's the one who like his ju- his statement that the other people were ragtag losers was justified. You know what I mean? He was right. Um, yeah. He which is. is just unfortunate. Like, you never want... Like, it's like when, like, like no one wants to hear, like, a rich person talk about how much... How rich they are and how, like, how much more money they have than you. Like, it's similar where, like, you don't want your characters to be like, wow, the, the, those people have no chance and then that be proved right. 
Like you want some sort of mm-hmm. uh, tension there. There's just none. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but I do like that they use this episode 11 to be like a character study on Nora. Cause Nora's fantastic. And yes. I think we really saw a, a top tier survivor moment when Nora <laughs> says, I'm like the Krishma of the group, except I'm likable <laughs> and people want to spend time with me. Oh man. And just, just, it was such a great Nora episode. There's that. And then like her, like uh, plotting out the vote with leaves and rocks. <laughs> like just what a great character. I feel like we were expecting her to go so much earlier on in the season. And she's stayed so much longer and brought us so much joy. Like both episodes, like in the last episode, she holds on longer so everyone can eat longer. And just like, no, Nora, you can't do that. And then this episode is just all over the place. Good Nora yeah, moments. Honestly, like, I feel like I was a little, sounded a little bit more negative on episode 11 than I was really like the family visit, whatever, too much time taken by challenges, all that. Like, I did like all this Nora stuff. I loved Dean being like, you know, we have a plan here, but Nora can't realize that one is bigger than two. So, or is what one is smaller than two. So, I don't think the plan is going to work. Like, he was mm-hmm. amazing in this episode, in these two episodes too. I, I really have grown to really appreciate Dean and the ca- like the characters are pretty good on this season. Yeah. So yeah, I would say how I feel about this episode is that it was a really good episode. It was really hopeful and exciting until it wasn't. And then once it wasn't like it made everything before that feel really bad. So, Oh yeah. Like it's like an in retrospect thing. I can see yeah. that. I can see that. Um, I thought the challenge was okay. I think I love an endurance challenge, but we have literally not had an immunity that wasn't endurance at this point. And we're at mm-hmm. like final seven. So uh, maybe mix it up a bit, which it looks like they're going to with whatever spinning challenge that is. That looks amazing. It looks a little dangerous. Like yeah. you could twist your ankle stepping in that weird ring thing. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, no, like overall, like this episode was pretty good. I personally, I kind of pulled the wool over my eyes. I didn't think Tommy was going to go any, but I did think that Nora was going to get voted out somehow. Like I figured we would get some sort of public tribal thing and it would result in Nora going home. But I mean, it ended up being Krishma instead. So I guess I'm slightly happy about that, but I was just eating it up all the way to like when Nora and Dean start arguing like, oh, they've just played this so well that they're going to fake argue at Tribal. And then from there, it was like, well, it's not going to be a good result. So, yeah, the minute they said Tommy's name, I was as the vote, like when Lauren wanted me, I wouldn't when Lauren was still on the table. I was like, oh, Lauren's gone. And then she won immunity. I'm like, oh, this plan's not going to work. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh... <laughs> But I figured it would just be everybody is like, Nora is just too much at this point. (laughs) But it does say something, though, that she's still able to stay despite openly backstabbing everybody. Well, and it's another weird vote because it's like uh, Dan, Janet, and Karishma vote Nora. And then everyone else votes Karishma. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with these votes. There's probably two ways to look at it. One would be maybe Dan and Janet are less... Um, in the group than it seems or it could just be they were splitting the votes yeah they had like a plan b in case yeah. this happened so yeah. yeah it's just like unfortunate they i guess they just successfully ended up splitting the votes as far as we know 
Mm-hmm. I did want to touch on, though, I think this is the episode, and we've been saying this basically since the first time it happened, that I feel like the fans will finally see that the whispering at Tribal is so stupid that I think that I think is what ruined the episode for me. That's what makes me so sour on it is you go back and watch this tribal. Like we always rewatch. I rewatch the episodes before this. Uh, we both do. And it's unwatchable. Like it's, you have no idea what's happening. Everyone's whispering at each other. So I'm just sitting there like, why wasn't this cut? Like you can cut footage out of the broadcast if it adds nothing to the story. I, I'm mm-hmm. stunned. They still do this. It's horrible to watch. I think my biggest problem with it is that it just changed how things were going to go so much. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like tribal was so dynamic from where it started to where it ended that that was disappointing to me. Like I don't want like I want maybe like things to come out like there to be big reveals, but they basically also had time to process that reveal and then replan around it. And I wish it was just more, you have to react without being able to scheme and plan so much. Yeah, I think the surest thing that all these live tribals have shown is that you'd think that getting up and revealing information at tribal and the spontaneity of something would ignite chaotic, massive, big move, flip vote kind of things. But it always ends up just ending up reaffirming the status quo because it makes people nervous and unsure about the thing that they were questioning. Like, I think it, nothing makes you get cold feet more than getting called out at tribal and completely makes you backpedal. That's what we saw here is we were going to get a Tommy vote out. Mm-hmm. As far as you can tell, Tommy is getting voted out. A huge move is getting made like Survivor producers theoretically want to be happening. And allowing them to get up and talk reaffirmed just Tommy has complete control of Tommy and Lauren have control over everything to the point where like, okay, this is clearly just affirming the status quo. Why are you letting them do that? Like, it's just so like, that's kind of the thing is like at tribal, you're able to talk in public. So it kind of boxes you in and you have to kind of sit there. And if you're going to flip, you kind of have to make it very public. But if you can get called out, you get talked down. And it's just so upsetting. Like, I want... I think This would have been an amazing episode had Tommy got voted out. But Jeff not standing up and being like, no, don't whisper, causes just a super boring vote out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think... I do think maybe Dean and Elaine had already decided to, like, jump ship before Tribal. But it would have been more interesting if, like... Elaine didn't know to play our idol or Krishma nor were just left out of it all. Like mm-hmm. I, it is kind of that Tommy didn't go home because that's, that would have been amazing. But also it's just that it absolutely like removed, it removed more chaos than it created. I feel. Absolutely. That is the problem is like, in a in a world of chaos in a, in a sandstorm, I can as fast as possible. Like, <laughs> like they grab onto whatever seems solid and they'll hold onto that for dear life. Yeah. They're not sprinting into the chaos. Like it's not how people's minds work. And yeah, we also separate to that. I mean, I think I thought this tribal was especially egregiously like obnoxious. Like a lot has been said about Tommy's um, teaching with Tommy thing. We're going to talk about that a lot, but yeah, it was just a very 
insane episode in terms of just like I feel like the tribal really deflated the entire episode for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. Um, any thoughts before we go into stories? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. If so, we can bring it up. So uh, we're gonna start here uh, with the theme of let's let's actually start with the teaching theme. So. Okay. All throughout the season, there has been this theme, uh, and additionally, like, Boston Robin Sandra are teachers, but of teaching, it's been kind of tied to Tommy, and this week, we saw it kind of come to the forefront at Tribal with uh, the introduction of teaching time with Tommy, which honestly might be the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was physically painful. It was so condescending, and it really made me turn on Tommy as a character, because I've been bored but enjoying him and this this thing was the last nail in the coffin for him for me yeah i i think i forgot to say episode 10 was like boring well i haven't talked about tommy yet we'll get to him but episode 10 is boring tommy episode 11 is just like like i can't deal with it anymore and when i watched it at first it didn't hit me so like viscerally that it was so like cringeworthy (laughs) I think because I was still in shock about how things had gone so bad so fast. But yeah, this once I read sort of online what people were thinking about it, and then the second time I was like, that's not not something that's cool to say, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but that being said, it ties really nicely into this theme of Tommy being a fourth grade teacher and he having a he has a teaching opportunity. Mm-hmm. And don't you love when people make big public things into teaching opportunities? That's what everyone loves. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I mean, we can't forget the lesson he taught us. I'm stunned. That is the worst part is so he he cues up this like terrible catchphrase like it's teaching time with Tommy Jeff. Sometimes you have to tell people things when they want to hear them. The most generic thing in the entire world. That's our (laughs) lesson. That's our lesson is some like it's nothing. It's. safe like it's the word oh it grinds my gears especially like if you think about what this season has been in terms of teaching moments and like learning about how the world works and how culture works and how to treat other people to say something that like generic and knowably not always true is just so uh, (laughs) yeah like in a season where we learn about uh like the very complex interaction between uh in in a multiracial society of how different like walks of life interact and the actual teaching moment when the lessons actually learned it's the straight white guy being like sometimes you talk to people like it's the most like white bread nothing comment that we're supposed to take is i guess a lesson to me this didn't seem like they were throwing it in there to be obnoxious it seemed like they were trying to make it I don't think it was like a shaft at Tommy or anything. I think this was, they put it in there to make him seem like remind you that he's a teacher. They did that a couple times in this episode, like at the family visit, um, he reminds us that he is a teacher. And so that it gives him more reason to want to win than everybody else. Cause it make people proud. No one else needs to make people proud. Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the teaching theme and i guess the cool kids theme still persists in that uh there was that ragtag bunch of losers that mm-hmm. nora was once again a part of but this time they lost 
But I feel in some ways we were meant to be sympathetic. We were very excited for their potential to shake things up. And I don't know what that means going forward because they don't feel like winner contenders. But it is something to note that they weren't the cool kids. So by default, almost they're the underdogs. Underlings. Underlings. And they didn't win this time, but what lies ahead yeah it could be it could be not so bad and i mean multiple times in this episode we had people kind of refer to like riding with your crew kind of thing a crushman be like well that's what you do you find a group and then you ride with the end or whatever so um i guess that's one thing is and it's another another time when this nora feels like she doesn't belong at the cool kids table that's a throwback to episode three mm-hmm so like there is some there's a lot of long-term storytelling going on here it's just unfortunately reinforcing the pretty bland people win, which is unfortunate, but at least it is long-term storytelling. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll move here to our next one, which is kind of dominated the season is the idea that like ability is liability in the, the, these two episodes. We kind of got both sides of the coin. We had Elizabeth get chosen as the boot target or actually, no, we kind of saw the re- refutation of this theme, right? Where, and Karishma gets the votes both times. She's kind of been the voice of uh, being very unlikable. And so that gives her power to stay. Mm-hmm. She was chosen as the vote over Elizabeth. So, and then also over Nora. Both times, the idea being she's the less likable version. So in a way, we could almost see that maybe this season, like this theme is kind of over. It was more to build up the goat army idea. Yeah. It's sort of reversing now that, well, I think part of it is also, there are still people that are very likable, like Janet is very likable, Elaine is very likable, Um, even Nora, when she comments on Dean, Dean is like, he he just sits there being pretty and warms in, so like, there's aspects of being likable that are still bad, but yeah, I think in this case, Karishma sort of undermines that to some extent. Yeah, I think there's something kind of interesting going on where the theme kind of matured from likability is liability, where we saw in general most of our likable characters kind of get voted out over their less likable counterparts, slowly evolve into the idea of the dangers of playing with goats in quotation mm-hmm. marks. Early on, Jamal tells us, you know, playing with Nora, like you should never bank your game on uh, playing with Nora. She'll, she will sink you. And then we throughout the season, we've seen many people kind of fall to trusting Nora too much in her indecisiveness or whatever, causing their downfall, Jamal included. I think this was kind of the payoff here is Dean's idea of goats targeting the goats, uh, kind of actually paying dividends and people realizing, Oh wait, you don't want to work with people like Karishma and Nora. Why? Because as Nora said, or as Karishma said, goats are predictable, and I'm not predictable, and neither is Nora, and people's games are kind of falling apart from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with those things. Um, and yeah, I think it's just the general idea of the goat army from last episode is if once you get too many of them, they start to assemble. And it's weird that Dean goes from saying that to almost being a part of one. And mm-hmm. it's just... By some stroke of luck, it falls apart, but it's the danger of it all. Absolutely. Like, that there's benefits to obviously bringing somebody to the end that you can beat, but is it worth it if they, if you don't get there because they explode? Mm-hmm. 
along the way. So that's definitely something to pay attention to moving forward. And basically, as we're reaching the end of this season, a lot of these stories kind of take their final form or stop kind of being a factor at all. Mm -hmm. So that's something to kind of um, note. And so a good example would be the main theme of the season pretty much was the putting up with people, personal space, and how navigating social issues while still playing a game makes it really hard to get forward. I guess this is the part where I kind of have a little pet theory here. So all season we were like, I feel like we were being like, hey guys, maybe put a little bit of a damper on this feminism theme that everybody is hyping up. Like Sandra comes out and she's like, a female will win this game. Mark my words, Boston Rob. And immediately you saw the internet really holistically get behind the idea of this is a female power season. And I think we've basically seen that theme kind of go away. And and I guess my take has always been that it's not quite that it is that social issues complicate the social game, which unfortunately the payoff to that story is, well, if people who have things that limit their upward momentum have a hard time winning survivor, that's another way of saying the people without them will do well. I really think that we, there's a very strong chance we are ending up with an all street white male final three. And it, this is our hashtag apology theme. Ugh. Do I speak it into existence? I I feel like that's very likely. Like the the three straight white males who are left are they're all perfect for the roles they need to play in a final tribal council situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure that's what's going to happen, but I think it's a likely possibility. And yeah, it's almost for the past few seasons, Survivor has had um, like always male winners, uh, often white, often straight. Um, so it's almost been building up to, oh, we need to make sure we incorporate these other <laughs> other people in because they're also absolutely important. And then when something like what you're theorizing happens, it's like, uh oh, we need to we need to plan ahead. So like, we look like we're trying. Like we we want this as much as you do, and we're we're putting the stories there to show you this is important. But hey, sometimes it doesn't work out that way, and that that's kind of bad. But but we're on the same page as you. I think is what the editors are saying. Yeah, basically, I think <laughs> like. And even if you look at the stats, like we entered the merge with a pretty diverse group of people. Um, we had, I think it was eight to five male, female, and now it's we're four going to three. The final, four seven, yeah, it's four to three. Um, basically, we have one person of color left in the game when we had like f- I think four at the start of the merge, uh huh, maybe more than that. More than actually, that. We, we had six, right? Yep, <laughs> and now there's one. So, uh, like, that's the thing is, I think, unfortunately, this theme is, look, it's unfair, but this is what, this is why, that's why they gave so much attention to the Jack and Jamal thing. That's why there's so much attention paid to Kelly's story here is the story isn't like, it's, if this is a movie, the underdogs win, Luke Skywalker blows up the Death Star, but it's not, unfortunately, it's saying most people who are blocked most amazing capable people 
get blocked and then because of that other people advance is what it's saying and mm-hmm. yeah i like especially because i mean lauren i she's my last contender i don't think she has a chance in hell of winning I, she's probably the number one person to leave next week so we could easily end up with a finale episode of all white people. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I think a really good example of this is Karishma's story. Because if it ends here and you want to make part of it about how she gets to see her family, like she makes it to the family visit. Like her family doesn't make sense without the context of what she said in previous episodes. But for me, it felt so much more powerful to see it end that way where she's talked about how she was in an arranged marriage and she doesn't know how she feels about that and then she realizes oh my husband is so important to me and then you just see it so visibly in this family visit and I think the way the editors handled that is much more tactful and complex than we might have seen usually and I think it's just all about them saying hey these people are important and they have really good stories but the game of survivor isn't who has the best story per se like who i guess hmm, like who are the best people almost like Mm -hmm. we want to show all these people and what makes them great but they don't all win survivor yeah that's the thing and it's to me it's so upsetting that basically our final six are people who had no connection whatsoever to the Dan incident plus Dan. Dean, Elaine, um, Lauren, Tommy, no Nora kind of got content with it, but Tommy, Dan Dean, t- yeah, Tommy, Dean, Elaine, Lauren were basically completely separate to mm-hmm. the issue. And then obviously Dan, Janet, and Nora, even Nora less so, but she did mention it. Like it's clear that Survivor took the route of our endgame characters. We're going to separate them from all the controversy as much as humanly possible is clearly the approach they took, Mm -hmm. which is so upsetting for me. Yeah. And it's super interesting because they had people like Missy and Elizabeth who they went the other way with and were like, these people handled it awfully and they still made sure to attach them to it. And like, they're not the end game people like that's that doesn't feel great. Nope. <laughs> like, it feels terrible. And to me, at this point, it's very clear it's an intentional thing. And there's a reason that they did it. They thought that having, like, I guess to me, it shows a misguided um, understanding of how to build characters. Because, for example, we, like, Janet got so much audience empathy because of her standing up for it. For, because you want to see the characters you love developed in a way that you know how they'll handle this situation. I we don't know how Tommy handled it at all whatsoever. So when we get to the end of the game and you're thinking about Tommy as a character, well he's not fully developed because we don't know how he handles all situations. Like a good way to develop a character in writing is to put them in a happy situation, sad situation, um where they're with someone opposite to them. Like show them all different things and then you have an appreciation for who they are. We don't know who a lot of these people are because they've been completely separated from the actual narrative of the show. Whereas people are going to not stop talking, like people are going to be talking about Karishma and Kelly and Jamal for years mm-hmm. because they actually put them front and center. And people, even people like Jamal, they showed them warts and all. Like 
both sides, like when he's positive, when he's negative, everything. So you leave the season being like, I could picture Jamal in any future situation and I could understand how he would react. Most of our characters now aren't developed. They're not fleshed out. And it's because they were scared to have them attached to this controversy. Mm-hmm. And it's so unfortunate. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, next time, Survivor, if you get this, actually just show them, like, even if it's unfortunate, like, show them how, somehow interacting with the situation. It's just, it's so silly. Yeah, I think when we get to talking about Janet, I'll have some sort of interesting thoughts on this. But I think essentially it's almost like, I feel like even the casual audience is, I don't want to say they're just ready, they're more than ready for, like, unconventional, like, show people for who they are and we'll accept anyone who wins. Like, everyone in the world has seen enough reality TV at this point to be like, I guess that person winning is fun. Like, I don't know. It's like break edgic. Like, we're ready for it. (laughs) Yeah, like, we don't need Golden Tommy. Like, Golden Tommy, to me, is what, like, like you said, the balloon metaphor. The merge was crazy, and it seemed like maybe this is the start of a new way of kind of telling this story. Like, you're actually willing to go into the mud. You're actually willing to show like a complex situation, like very nuanced. And then the payoff has been just kidding. So we hit this like huge climax at the merge of like tension. And like, I remember watching that episode and I was like shaking. I had goosebumps. There's so much passion behind it. And then instead, now you're just left with nothing. You're left with a flat line. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so unfortunate because you just kind of see where it's going. And separate to that, character like the characters are kind of flat now and there's just not much edge to it and there's so could be because they it feels like they got cold feet and nothing is living up to the tension of the past so it just feels like mundane Mm -hmm. yeah it's sort of like we speculated like was the season just going to go back to gameplay and it did and that just means everyone sort of fell in their role and i feel like the most excitement you're seeing is from the wild card nora like what is Nora going to do? Because you can't place her quite yet into her slot. She's mm-hmm. trying to stick out of it as she does. And that's yeah. what makes this so exciting is watching how Nora gets through the game. Yeah, like, so- I wish I wish that it was different. Like, I wish I wish we like saw more of these people just so that I knew kind of what kind of people here. We still don't really know that. It's kind of unfortunate that way. Yeah. Um. Cool. So. Next up, we have just like this general theme of like idols not being the most positive thing in the world. Not the case for Karishma. I'm sure Karishma is very thankful for their, that idol that she found. But mm-hmm. basically, it was still the story last to like the, from when she found it. Her, the story was, I'm going to try and find a way to use this idol that will flip the game for me. And the story was basically she was unable to find that. Yeah. Yeah. It just ended up working, but it didn't change anything and then it was just putting it off for one vote Mm -hmm. and then this episode you have elaine find it and essentially misplay it like i don't think it was a bad play like Mm. she had no idea but eh. disagree i think elaine should i i will this is i guess we'll get to it later i really thought that play the idol on karishma like i thought we were gonna see like a real hail mary play but she disappointed Mm -hmm. me so much that would be immensely brave, but I get why she didn't do it. Yeah. I guess um, the real 
talking point we missed from last episode. Did Lauren misplay her idol? No. Yeah, I don't think so. I think, I don't know, my theory is, like, if you've got an idol, play it. And, like, yeah, if you know you've made this plan to just have all your votes on Karishma and Karishma plays an idol, like, yeah, you don't want to be the one who goes out because of one. Yeah, like, I was stunned that people were calling that a misplay because, wait, like, if, like, Lauren is clearly top dog in this game. That's how people see her. Mm-hmm. That's how she's talked about. She's the top dog. If if anyone's going to get idled out, it's probably going to be Lauren. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's going to play the idol. Like, if she didn't, I would be questioning her, her game acumen. Yeah, and she only had it for that tribal in the next. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a waste had she saved it because she can't play it on her or herself if she has immunity. So, yeah. Like, is Krishma going to idle out? Like, like, are there going to be eight votes on Krishma at the next tribal when she's playing an idol? Probably not. You're going to be at more risk there than. It's just so silly. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. she made the right move. Yeah. Um, but again, it was edited flatly. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to Lauren. But spoiler alert: not looking great for Lauren. Um, yeah, she's I mean, fantastic though. It doesn't look great for anyone. Yes. So, but I have, I guess, a bit of optimism on Lauren if Ooh. there's any to be found. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hot take: Kelly coming back on Edge of Extinction and winning is more likely than Lauren winning. Okay, whatever. Sia getting the prize, Boston Rob getting the prize, like. <laughs> you know, like, like the ocean, like just a tsunami ending the season. Like, all more likely than Lauren winning. <laughs> Do we have any more stories that we need to touch on? Before? Oh, there is one. So, all season, like early on, whatever our themes was, the hard work pays off from Tom theme. Uh, where Joe, uh, you called that this was probably going to be a pagonging, and since we've just seen officially the fourth. OG Live Remember voted out in a row. I think you were completely right that this absolutely was a Pagani. Um, and that's what that story was telling us. Good job, Joe. I mean, I'm not so sure. We did start the merge of two Vokais going out. But I, it does feel like the two remaining Lyro could go. And yeah, the main sort of core of Vokai did stay together. So, mm-hmm. And it was the theoretical hard workers. I mean, Nora's still there, so... Yeah, Nora is the hard worker. Yeah, she actually collects coconuts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, she does, she does. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Are, yeah, any other stories before we move on? Um, I did want to... There's the one that's sort of come up with Island of the Idols, where it's talking about little leaps of faith or calculated risk. Um, in this episode, Elaine talks about her experience at the Island of the Idols and how Boston Rob taught her not to hesitate. And I mean, she did hesitate-ish, kind of, like, in not pulling the trigger on this plan. Um, but I think that is something they're saying, is don't hesitate to do a move if you think it'll help you. If you think you need to play your idol, do it, because you'll negate seven votes and save yourself that night, like Karishma mm-hmm. did. I think there is sort of this, when the time is right, do it, and trust your gut. And I think we'll probably see that come up like next episode or something when uh, someone decides to get out a big threat. I mean, uh-huh. I, won't, I won't spoil who, but it'll probably be really good for them. No, and I actually think like you bringing this up is a fantastic point because it's clear that this is 
what Survivor's telling us is how good players act. And we've seen it a couple times. Um, for example, when Messi started targeting Tommy, Tommy did not hesitate a little bit. Immediately, what he says to the camera with his vote is, people who say my name go home right away. He mentioned that again in this one. Like, the minute somebody says his name, he will not hesitate. He will take them out immediately. Mm-hmm. Early on, he also got that confessional where he was like, it's a swap in Survivor. Um, it, the Survivor is sure you want to be nice to your friends and everything, but Survivor is really about caring about yourself over everybody no matter what. I'm here, like, you got to lie, cheat, steal, blah, blah, blah. That confessional. Mm-hmm. It sums up Tommy's game. It, there's unfortunately he is kind of a villainous figure and a like a nice teacher's body, which I feel like they're having real hard time figuring out how to con- portray him <laughs> because his gameplay style is not friendly guy. It's very cutthroat. And I mean, from what we've seen, it's not even that. It's just very like UTR social. But they're you're right. He's in this body of like nice, like uh, teacher guy. And then he's also saying all these like cutthroat, like playing things. It's just all these things competing at once. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, he's very like very unconventional. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's something, but yeah. So I guess that wraps up our uh, story sections, and we'll move here to everybody's kind of individual story. And we start here with Dan. Dan in this episode, like we've said, was justified. Um, in general, he got obviously some family content. Everybody did, but I think the interesting thing for me with Dan is that in episode ten, he was portrayed very well in that episode. Mm-hmm. This is the one where. Uh, Lauren is reading lips and Dan gets a confessional basically justifying, oh, you know, I walked over there and I talked to them about, you know, like, why are they saying my name? And I feel like the whole thing took a very, like, pro-Dan approach in that episode, which was so unfortunate that Dan is not, a, he's not even a villain anymore, you know what I mean? Like, he is just a game bot as far as maybe even skewing positive post the merge. Yeah, it's, Dan obviously is very tricky to parse as someone who's looking at the edit because everyone online and justifiably so is like doesn't want to give dan the time of day like if you go to reddit survivor reddit's like player of the week thing people are just downvoting dan on principle um all sorts of stuff like that and i think the last time i recorded i said yes dan did these awful things he's terrible but they showed it and they're still doing things that make him seem like he could potentially be the winner. And I think you can't let your feelings about Dan, if you're going to edge seriously sway you against him. I mean, this is all in the context of much, much, much bigger contenders than Dan, but I just thought people were sort of letting how they feel about Dan get in the way of that. And I think you're right that last episode didn't really have anything to sway me against that. This episode is where I felt like, yeah, Dan's not winning. Because I think the way they they aired his, like, talking about the ragtag group of losers, as much as it was true, it's not a nice thing to say. It's not very, like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel like a winner thing to say. And then the celebration after Karishma goes home, like not not good. Yeah. And it's sort of hard to think about because Krishma's sitting right in front of Dan. So it's 
you have to frame that in a way because you're focusing on Karishma as she reacts to being voted out. But I don't know, you're you're a film major. You could tell me, I feel like there are ways to minimize Dan's sort of impact in that scene. Well, and... like, they clearly had one camera close up on Karishma, so yeah, you could easily not show it. Yeah, and they didn't. You could very clearly see him. Just, like, celebrating and, like, first, it's not a great thing to do. But, like, second, it's just, like, you, there was no, like, real danger. It's, like, what are you celebrating for? Just, the vote was either Nora or Karishma, and you would have been happy with both. You didn't even vote for Karishma. Like, I don't, I don't get it. So, yeah, this was the episode where I was, like, Dan, for sure, not winning. I think Dan is my lowest now. Oh, really? I'm yeah. I'm definitely very different. Can I talk? I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday, and I'm, I think I'm of the opinion that I think Dan's the second most likely, maybe third, but it's mostly, and it's, to be clear, it's not that I'm high on Dan, it's that I'm very low on basically everybody else, um, mm-hmm. other than Tommy. But for me, it's mostly, I still can see them kind of, this, this is the uh, tax, like, this is the write-off, um of survivor edits if it's the winner you know what i mean like it's the look show you good at the game and as little as you possibly can probably sure. like like we've been saying is the probably the most forgiving someone like dan's would yeah. be edited like negative music isn't playing there's no real attention paid to him celebrating people leaving like it's in frame but it, it doesn't stay there it doesn't mm-hmm. hold on it it doesn't we don't get people talking anymore about how annoying Dan is or anything like that. If anything, they seem to quite like him. And and like he gets just enough to justify him as a decent player, more so than anybody else. I feel like he's the only one who, other than Tommy, is never shown wrong. Most mm-hmm. of the time he's shown quite accurate, actually. And I guess that's just the thing is to me, if he wins, it's the write off. It's the we screwed up. Sorry, we're not going to shove him down your throat. Yeah. Do I think it's super likely? No. It's just this episode especially buried a lot of people for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I somewhat agree with you. It's just there's so many people at the bottom. It's just like a race for the bottom or like close yes. race. Um I think it's at the point where I'll never like have Dan as a contender because I mean there's one episode left, but I don't think the results of that one episode are enough to I mean, <laughs> well, what if Tommy gets voted out next episode? If to- uh, is it not Dan? Yeah. To me, it's Dan. I would say someone else. Maybe Elaine. I would say someone else. Mm, interesting. So maybe maybe there's more of a fight here, but I don't know. But, to me, it's yeah. I guess I I still see it, but it's just it's almost like this weird like worst case you imagined. You're know, like, there's no way that's gonna happen, right? And then it just keeps barreling barreling towards it and then you're like oh my gosh this happened in season 39 of survivor what is like what is going to happen from this it'll just be insane to watch from there honestly to me it gives me the same heebie-jeebies that last season oh my god someone who left in the pre-merge is gonna come back and win they like of that being a possibility you know what i mean like <laughs> and it's kind of what we saw but it's just it you're right. It's something where it's it's so horrible. It's so I don't want it to happen. I feel like it would completely ruin the season. Yeah, it's just like and I think about how they like handled the merge episode where they gave those like black title cards of like, look, we we 
talked to everyone about this. We talked to Dan about this. We did what we could. And like, this is what happened still. So this is what happened. Sorry. Like, yeah, it's just, uh. but I don't know this. Yeah. Maybe I'm hopeful, but this episode made me feel a little worse about Dan. Yeah. Honestly, like same. I probably lowered mostly for that losers comp. Other than, like it was justified, but that's not necessarily a good thing either. I guess. Yeah. The only thing is to me, Dan's most like, like I'm, now I'm going to flip away from winner. I think it's a possibility, not super high. That said, I believe Dan will more than likely be second place getting jury votes. Hmm. I, I don't think he's a zero vote finalist. I think that there's a good chance. My prediction is he's in the he's in the finals, like almost definitely. We've been saying that since literally episode two. I but think I'm kind of falling off of that. Like, I don't know. Like, he almost feels like early final finale night boot too. Like it's just really hard with him to put him anywhere, but it's a possibility. I guess to me, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna guess, it's that Dan is second place. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's probably the best guess. Because I, I mean, feel like if we made a pie chart of like seventh to first, like yours is more grouped in like the second and third place, whereas I'm like more spread out across. Because I guess to me the question becomes if Dan's not a losing finalist, who is? Dina Nora. Dina Nora is not a bad idea, actually. But But yeah, I guess because then Yeah, because then you have like one of Elaine, Janet, or Lauren in there. And for different reasons, they all feel like better winners. Yeah. That's the problem, is like Janet can't be it because is Janet gonna lose a jury vote? Don't think so. Is Lauren gonna be there? Probably not, because she's clearly a better player than Tommy. I don't know, there's just a bunch of things where Dan kind of just fits right, where yeah. he's not threatening enough to win necessarily, but he could kind of sneak his way there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, as we go, we'll, we'll we'll kind of uncover what we think of all these things. Any more, anything else on? No. Cool. Let's move to Dean, who has now become, I think he's, I think he's my favorite left other than Nora. <laughs> um, my he's take fun. on Dean is that Dean... Did so many things to ruin this season, and the editors hate him for it. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know where he ends. I still sort of like him despite it. Like him just like giggling at like when Nora was all out on is pretty good. He's he's a weird one. But I think, yeah, not winning, not liked by the editors. I've seen some comparisons where he's the laurel of the season. Mm-hmm. Um No, he absolutely is. He's he's the scapegoat. They really, I think it's so obvious that they hate Dean. Like they think he. You're right. They he's getting the this one man completely <laughs> ruined everything. Whatever casting producer got this guy on here, you're fired. You're never gonna get anyone back. Um, because this guy took out Kelly, who just saved him to keep Dan, and then enabled the pagonging. What an idiot. This guy is the worst. See, I had shady thoughts about Dean before the season. I it wasn't but it wasn't as a character like I predicted. It was just he's the one who made things bad. Yeah. Um he feels like a really likely losing finalist. Honestly, like, my prediction is I think that Dean is going to come in sixth place. That's yeah, there is that sort of Chekhov's fake, fake legacy advantage. But I almost, 
he just feels so good as a losing finalist. Like, I don't know. It's almost because there's a chance he is the Laurel, right? Where the whole thing with Laurel was she didn't make the big move. And so because of that, she ends up with two people that she had no chance of beating. Dean is almost that, but under the Jeremy Collins vibe of like, oh, well, you keep the big threats around because I'm a big threat. And the joke is you're not the threat you think you are, Dean. Yeah. Um. So that's the thing. The, the Does the punchline end and him getting laughed at at the final tribal council or does it end at him getting pagonged naturally as like both of those make sense no matter what his story ends in a punchline he his whole thing is a setup for a joke it's just is the joke the end or is it the final six it's one of those two yeah that's the thing i was thinking is like no matter how it ends like dean is gonna in a funny way and like that's almost really refreshing to think about it's like yes how are we going to leave Dean on this? Season? No. And like everything that we were saying is true from early on, right? Where it's so obvious that the reason he was invisible at the start, is they're like, wouldn't it be so funny if we did something really stupid? Ha ha. I think it's just, they didn't want to give him time. Like he didn't deserve it. Like, mm, I think they'd give him throwaway content. Then like the whole thing's been a joke from the start. Like he's the comedian. Like, I don't know. I think it's more than that. I really do think that they've intentionally gone out of their way to make us just like, see him as a joke Mm -hmm. and yeah like any good joke it ends in a punchline i do want to mention though separate so two weeks ago maybe three weeks ago i forget when jamal goes to island of the idols gets the worst thing in the entire world he loses his vote for a reason and then boston rob and sandra are like hey jamal you ever seen a pencil on survivor think about all the power that you can get from (laughs) one paper (laughs) Blank piece of paper and a pencil. No one's ever seen that before. Uh, just imagine the unstoppable power. He, Jamal gives it to Dean. In this episode, or sorry, in episode 10, Dean has a blank piece of paper that he got somewhere in a paintbrush. Sorry, what's the functional difference between a pencil <laughs> and a paintbrush that warrants losing your vote? And who uh. gave Dean blank parchment? He just had a scrap of paper he found. Yeah, where? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I did think that was very funny. And I guess I don't know if it's like the idea of the pencil, like a pencil is a pencil in that it's pencil lead, which is different from paint. It was very like, what though? Because like Dean <laughs> just made this big advantage. <laughs> you and have like, the, you Jamal, only you have the power. To create a fake advantage, except for this other guy that's going to do the exact same thing. <laughs> able to just do it at the camp. Oh my gosh. It's like, uh, Joe, you found the hidden immunity idol. It lets you negate all votes. Only you have this. And then somebody else just like asks Jeff if they can negate the votes on them. And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, I'll have to try that when I get on. Because you know that what he did is he asked a producer for a piece of parchment. No, I think he found it from, like, tree mail or something. He says it in the episode. Does he? Yeah. He's like, mm, I just... Suspicious. I suspicious. But it was a fun scene. I do love the natural progression to these fake advantages, just being somebody double-faking themselves into thinking they're playing everybody. <laughs> it's actually like chef kiss emoji, um, because... It really is just a sign, I think. Dean's whole story here with the fake legacy advantages, a whole sign of, like, Survivor's gone too far. It's gone off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's clearly too far. It makes no sense. Yeah. 
That is sort of Dean. He's just like the overextension of the meta with like him just saying we need to split the votes while everyone is present. So like someone oh. will have to be split against or all sorts of stuff. Um, Good character. Hot take. Dean is maybe the second best player on this cast. Well, he's up there. He's a, he's a pretty good player. Oh, no, I cannot agree. He's creative. He's actually thinking about things. If this legacy advantage is real, which he's treating it as real as he should, he shouldn't just dismiss it, right? He's actually doing things to leverage it and give it a little bit more power and uh, protection for him. Um, he's ac- He's thinking in a way that I think you should be thinking of like, okay, you you can bring goats to the end, but that's just going to lead to disaster. Or, like, basically, I think the reason that Dean's not winning is because if he wins, he gets edited like a genius. And the difference between an idiot and a genius is a fine line. But Dean's showing the capability to think outside the box to um, reason and think of survivor strategy. He just lacks self-awareness and realize, doesn't realize that he's, he's not going to beat them. But I, I think, like... I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Dean was one of the more likely winner candidates actually on the beach. Hmm. I don't know. The edit is, if that's true, the edit is misting me really good. Because, I don't know. Do you think Dean made a good move at this tribal? Mm, probably <laughs> not. It depends. Like, the one thing is we don't know how much it was actually in set, right? Like, yeah. was it set into motion? Was this actually flipped at tribal? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a couple weird factors, but I, th- I think he shouldn't have. I think he should have gone through with voting Tommy. Because really, he didn't need Nora's vote. Yeah. That's and, the yeah, real missing thing. But, I don't know, I think they, him and Elaine decided it wasn't a good plan, but then they just held on to that information instead of just going to Tommy. And I think it almost, like, worked, because, like, Tommy is obviously not angry at Dean, but he is very angry at Nora, even though they were doing pretty much the same thing it's just mm-hmm. i don't know there's just dean is too like wacky and i feel like even his preseason stuff is still hanging on where it's like dean just doesn't read like a good player and so that's true but even here like they refer they're referring to the goats and they're like uh you know uh, nora she's crazy um karishma like what's she gonna do she's the worst um Who's the other person? Elaine? She's just a silly farm girl. She doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> Dean's a numbers guy. Like, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't Dean's an idiot. It was Dean's a numbers guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, think, I think they think of him pretty highly, to be honest. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. That's my like mini hot take, is that Dean's not nearly the bad level of bad player that he's seeming. He's at least smart. He's just I don't know. He's creative. I think it would make a good debate as to whether Dean or Nora is better. No way. <laughs> Nora's had really good moments, though. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Dean. Dean's a good guy. Dean's a good guy. Um, mm. Anything else on Dean? No. Cool. <laughs> Let's move to Elaine. Elaine, why did you not use this idol aggressively? If somebody's begging you to play an idol, never play the idol. Right? That's, like, number one rule. Yeah. And I guess it wasn't, like... I don't know what they were saying. It was, like, are you going to play the idol? And the- Elaine's like, I'm not going for you. I'm not going to vote for you. Uh, I don't know. Elaine, in the past episodes, I was high on Elaine. I feel like Elaine had some semblance of story. But then, like, it's really all fallen apart. Elaine's all over the place. She was super aggressive at Tribal last episode. Mm-hmm. Like, And then 
and she's also seemingly like in the majority in a good spot. And this one, she's literally the next target and in a really bad spot. It's just she's really Donathaning. Yep, <laughs> she really is. <laughs> no, like I think at this point, it's like I don't know if people know this, but after after Ghost Island, basically Island, that Donathan was not the Donathan that we saw. He was really aggressive and rude all. <laughs> I I think Elaine is the top candidate to be like, oh, by the way, actually the whole time she was really rude constantly and no one liked her. Um, no, I think people love Elaine though. Yeah, I, I don't think that's as that's as high, but like, because like, Elaine is very funny, she's very charming, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's a lot more aggressive than we see and she's a lot more like at that tribal than we've normally seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because it's, we're also always getting the story that Elaine doesn't know anything. She's super like, I don't know. Not strategic when she's obviously strategic. So. Yes. I don't know. She's an interesting character. It's just more all over the place than it's been before. And that a winner does not make. Agreed. Like, it's so obvious to me that Elaine is playing up so much of her personality to kind of make people discredit her while she's actually playing quite strategically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's in a terrible spot. Like, it's her and one other person from her original tribe who yeah. I don't think she's aligned with at all. <laughs> so then she's managed to worm her way really far. I think she should be very proud of the game she's playing. She's in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think we would have seen her kind of take off that mask a little bit more if she wins. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been much more confessionals about, I know what I'm doing. I may not look it, but yeah. Fabio-esque confessionals, right? Like. Yeah. I'm not the bright, like, I, I'm sure she said something like, I'm not the brightest light bulb in the bin, but, you know, I still have thoughts sometimes, like. Yeah, I mean, she's had moments like that, but it's not, not even to the extent I think we could have seen. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, she would get the Fabio treatment, but I think she's way smarter than Fabio. Way, yeah. Like, way better player than Fabio, but. She would have been more complex at times. Like, Fabio yeah. just needed to lay that out, and then we see how it played out, but Elaine is at a level where she could say that and then she would make plans that would be proactive on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've actually seen her make moves like very yeah. clearly had a hand in things going on and it was about her long-term game. Mm-hmm. That's something. <laughs> um, but yeah, Elaine's story is just strange to me. I feel like it's still, if she gets the and she wins, like yeah. that's her story, but that's mm-hmm. it. And there's no real, like there's no, um, like subtext really it's just that so i feel like we're still at like the Chekhov's. well when is it going to be the question asked should i bring this person or this person in like it's voted out mm-hmm. i still feel like that's happening at some point i don't know when i don't think she'll leave next uh i don't know it i feels... guess what that would make her christian hubiki like the same spot yeah it's impossible i don't think she's a losing finalist no um probably not a fire loser i could see that like Elaine Janet or something. Yeah, but then whoever's winning is winning the season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I have an I have a pick for Firemaker loser. So honestly, she's probably six. She's five, six, or seven somewhere in there. Yeah, like early finale or right before the finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of people really want her to win. I think she's the next that people are maybe going to be like, wait, what if it is Elaine? Eh, I think she's up there, but I think there's. I mean, someone else who I think slots into that more naturally. I am so interested in who that is. Is it our next person? It is our next person. Okay. You 
Tell me about this. Okay, so I was talking about, I said I'd bring up stuff about Jenna earlier in relation to, like, how Edgic, like, kill Edgic, and, like, the viewers will be okay with it. And I think if you look at Jana edgically, like it doesn't make enough sense to add all up to a win. But from a story perspective, I think everyone is super okay with Janet winning. They know who she is. Like it would make them feel really good if Janet won. Like she's this amazing character. I feel like if, if Tommy's not winning and the season breaks somehow, I feel like Janet is sort of that fill in. Like, it just like it makes the most sense like ah what a nice winner you know what (laughs) this is my hot take i think i would be i love janet i think janet is an incredible person fantastic human i think she would make a terrible winner oh my reasoning for this is i think she would have made the greatest winner of all time right after the merge like if episode what nine just was the finale and she wins i'd be so here for it she's lost all steam for me as a character basically her story afterwards has been she just realigned with dan and is now not a presence like Eh, she's definitely like in the background i will give you that but i don't like she's still there like you know who janet is janet gets to comment on things like oh this family reward is so nice and She's Who just, did Janet want to vote out this week? We don't know. What's Janet's like? How's Janet thinking? Like, what's how does Janet consider the game? Like, what's she doing to get Dan back on her side? What she Janet did want Elizabeth out though. That's true. And I don't like. I mean, we are missing how Janet like managed to reintegrate <laughs> amazingly. Into, right. Like this. <laughs> like she is just part of this type four somehow and it just lends credence to like janet is an amazing player but yeah we don't have any real material as to how that happened i guess but like Like, wouldn't you want to see that like i would want to know why my winner goes from like having to idle because the entire game is splitting votes on her and two other people who get voted out since then um why (laughs) like how she got out of that and it's just fine and in the majority like i don't know i think you see in the aaron vote off dan and lauren sort of explain why they would vote off aaron over janet and why janet's important to them tommy's always had janet as important but like okay so in fairness so we get them basically saying like at the aaron one i'll give you this so they're like okay should we vote dan or, or aaron or janet the decision isn't oh we love janet so much we must keep her in for that reason we can use her it's aaron's gonna win all the challenges so we might as well make a big move and get janet next time it's how it's kind of laid out it's not like here's your new final three alliance yeah but there are bits of dean being like i don't know if we should keep janet because she's just gonna worm her way back in and then is that gonna be in trouble i don't know it is very like this is my new charisma absolutely it's like Janet feels nice. And if you want to buy into like something feels really off with Tommy, like this, it just feels, it's a place I want to be, I think. Yeah, I guess that's just my thing is I would rather Tommy win and it makes sense than Janet win and me be like, this is how they show show Janet. Like Hmm. we finally get an older, older female winning and she's a fantastic player. And 
in this episode, the only thing she talks about is how much she loves her husband. That's it. Like, that mm. just sucks. I don't know. I would be. I think she would deserve better. I think she would deserve a lot more. And I think we deserve a story that actually makes sense. Like how she went from social pariah with a heart to like fifth on the totem pole, but in a strong alliance. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of okay. weird to me, especially like her sitting out of the food challenge. And yeah. Karishma kind of became the Janet that we wanted Janet to be. I don't know. I think I'm I'm more able to smooth over those gaps for now. And it really That's is fair. sort of like, please, just let this be the possibility. But it is, I, I think I've learned from previous seasons where I've been very hopeful of characters who are like Janet, like older females. And yeah, I'm not going to fall so quickly for that same trick again. Like yeah. we've, we've talked about like our checklist of people who could win other than Tommy. And right now, Janet is the only other person like interesting. Yeah. I think it's not impossible mostly. Okay. So this is kind of the thing that I'm wrestling with. So I think it's very likely that Lauren or Elaine leave next week, which I will means- say. <laughs> Janet could also leave next week. Janet could leave next week. That's true. Because the one piece of information that gives Janet some win equity is she could be the fire maker winner. We know that she's the by far the best at making fire. Mm-hmm. So to me, that means it's a possibility she makes it there and wins the fire making, therefore wins the game. And because there's only a couple more tribals, right? So there's the final seven tribal, final six tribal, final five tribal three people i could see it being dean elaine lauren leave leaving janet in the fire making making her our winner that said i think it's way more likely we and one confess in the second boot or whatever of the hour like oh janet's really good at fire right yeah okay we'll vote her up before fire yeah yeah it's very easy for janet to be one of the first two finale boots yes and it just almost you can see it you know what i mean like like, I feel like those are stories you can easily just sort of smush into 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. it's so easy. But it's also easy with a lot of people to just be like, this person is likable. They need to go. And that's, that's true. true story. But Janet is a prime. Like, I will not disregard. But I feel like this se- this season, they've done a good job of having everybody on their departure actually end their story. You know what I mean? Like, the thing that's mattered to them, I feel like this season's done a remarkable job of telling us what's important to them. Karishma, she loves her family, or she's been so conflicted about her family, but being put into a new society, a new family, she realizes what she misses. So then when presented with her actual family, she is now released. Like, her soul is released. She can leave the game Mm -hmm. and feel okay about it. Um, Basically, like, that tends to be the situation that we have here. And I just think that we're looking for things that can be kind of explained quickly. Yeah, that, for example, Dean, I, I could see it being like a very Jay, Jay Starrett situation where he has this fake thing and the 30 the minute explanation is making fun of Dean for the whole time about having this fake thing that he thinks he's safe. He's not gets voted out. And then it's like, oh, Janet can win fire. She has to go because they have to explain those boosts very quickly. And if mm-hmm. they're still going to tell a story, they have yeah. to do both and they have to choose wisely. Mm hmm. So I guess that's why I think Janet's probably sixth or fifth place could leave next week. I don't know. The fire thing is definitely relevant because that's her main story still problem. Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. <laughs> okay. Next up is Lauren. Oh, Lauren. So, like I said, I honestly think it's more likely I win this. <laughs> Lauren wins this season, and um, the thing is, I just want to pay homage here to Lauren a little bit. I think Lauren is by far the best player on this season. I oh, think yeah. she's running the game. I don't think Tommy is actually a factor, and I it breaks my heart that the way that they chose to tell this story is look how great Tommy is, and Lauren's kind of there too. I want but, like a like Gabby versus Christian, where like Tommy rises up against Lauren, and Lauren's like, and then like votes out Tommy. Like yeah. that would be amazing. Does the season in any way look like it to that? No, no. We literally. So, oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever been so, like, tilted in my life. Like, I felt like I was being, like, aggravated by the editors. When, in episode 10, the cold open is Lauren saying, Oh my god, I'm so glad Tommy's still here. (laughs) And then, it's it's an episode that should all be about her. It should be, she goes to the Island of Idol, she gets an idol, she gets everybody to leave, she's reading people's lips, like, she should be the star. She gets mm-hmm. like eight people to sit out of a challenge. All the credit goes to Tommy. The The narrative is presented from Tommy's point for the sitting out people. He's the one who gets the confessional about talking about food and um, <laughs> talk about bacon and pancakes. And it's presented as Tommy is like, you know, idols are important. Knowing where the idol is, is in Survivor. That's and so I need my ally to find the idol. It's not Lauren being like, I want the idol more than anything. Mm-hmm. I, I've been a fan since i was eight years old i need this idol because you know she talked about that instead we get tommy talking about how much for his game he needs lauren to find the idol yeah i feel so bad for lauren because you know that she must have played like she must be there like wait like i did that and like i remember all the (laughs) way back on the pre-merge we're like um at the that first flip the molly vote that was lauren like mm-hmm. Lauren's hands are everywhere the entire season. You look at all the big swings; it's all Lauren. You wouldn't know that at all if you weren't paying super close attention. Yeah, it's only very recently became like in any way about Lauren and the amazing like spot she's in, mm-hmm. which is a trend they've done a couple times. Mike White, right? Like, yeah, they just all of a sudden are like, oh, by the way, she has been running the whole time. Like, I think the thing that sealed it for me was when. They're like, oh, we need to take it Lauren, like the GOAT army. She's the biggest threat. She's totally going to win the game. And the, just the look of defeat when she wins immunity on their face. It's like, oh, we have to vote out Tommy? <laughs> oh, he's like nothing. <laughs> like, I think it's a not zero factor that a big reason that this plan ends up failing is that the target is Tommy and not Lauren. Because I don't think they see hmm. He's referred to as her, their, her goofy right-hand man. Yeah. Uh... Like, I, you know I think, what I mean? Okay, I think why Lauren's not last on my list is despite all of these things, like Lauren, like it makes a sense. It's it's similar to Janet in that, like I don't have a reason not to think Lauren like isn't a capable player who could win. Like you know, like does that make sense? Like Lauren looks like a strong player. Lauren looks like a good player at this point. It's not been consistent. It is that Mike White, like, post-merge, like, this is a big player. But if for some reason Edgic's broken here, like, that makes more sense than not, I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing would be, 
she's clearly a great player. I, maybe I give her some chance because good players can win the game of Survivor better than bad players. Like, I think she weirdly feels like she has the most paths to the end. Mm-hmm. But everything is telling us she's not getting there. And it's just like, but it's just something doesn't connect. Like, what happens? And maybe it's a Lauren Boot next episode. But I don't know. My theory is... So I've been kind of trying to map out who's going where. And basically, I'm ending up with a probably a Dan, Tommy, somebody else, final three. I don't know who the uh, someone else is. It's probably Dean, but could be somebody else. Final four with Lauren there losing fire makes so much sense to me. Ugh. She She's her fallen angel that they chose not to justify crazily because her right-handed man wins. I'd hate to see Lauren lose fire making. That'd be so tragic. Yeah, I think it's possible. We've also got a little bit of Lauren not being the most active around camp. Not a huge amount, but like yeah, a little bit. Nor did be- say she didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. So. Um, it's enough that makes me think that someone like Nora could beat her at fire making, and that's kind of you know what I mean. Like, and to me that just yeah. explains so much of why they would downplay her because mm-hmm. otherwise it doesn't make much sense if she would have got idled out here it would have made sense yeah, it, yeah that's, that's what it feels like it, it feels like her her story doesn't end properly mm-hmm. so they, they're just having a hard time justifying it having a hard time portraying it yeah it almost feels like the very measure that was set up to protect really good players for getting into the final tribal council might have taken out the best player in this season. Mm-hmm. No, really, and it's like the alternative is Tommy, and they're still happy with Tommy, and they want to justify. It's basically like, what if Dom and Wendell were broken up outside of the final four because of fire making? Mm-hmm. And it's just okay. So instead of it being Dom and Wendell, it's Tommy Lauren, and Tommy's the only one in the end. Yeah, mm. kind of similar to like Rick. Chris, I don't know. It's just to me that's what makes the most sense. Or she leaves next, but yeah. that seems too early to me. Honestly, like I think it's a possibility, but I think we might see something like Tommy tries to get Lauren out. She wins immunity or idol thing, like some craftiness there, and it sets them against each other. And Tommy wins the war. Mm-hmm. Seems mm-hmm. possible because I mean Tommy just says that he needs to get somebody out because they're gonna win. Yeah, and he says her. It so... could be Elaine. It could be Janet. Yeah. Tricky, tricky next time on Survivor. Which, that's the thing. is, um, Basically, the reason I'm so low on Lauren is just because she is a all-star tier player. Like, I really think she will be a contender at, like next in like three weeks from now as one of the best players to never win. One of the best first time, like one time play like games that didn't win. I think Lauren is a contender there. She's completely made these people just look silly over and mm-hmm. over again, completely outplay them, put up with a lot of adversity that she should be in trouble with, done well, like social strategy, physical challenges. She's, she's cool. re- received no votes so far. Yep. And she's the only person. Yeah, she's incredible. And that's why I don't think there's a chance she wins. Yeah. It would be so disappointing for her to win from this. That would be embarrassing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially in a season with the Jamal and Jack thing with Callie. Because that's the thing is, like, that's the other part is 
her story would be she's the girl who lived, right? Like everybody else, their like their race or their gender or some limited their up like forward potential, as Kelly says, like or uh, social progress, upwards trajectory is the actual thing that she said. Mm-hmm. Lauren's the one who didn't. If she wins, that would be hammered over our heads. And Lauren has no connection to being a person of color at all in this season. You would like, like she doesn't talk about it. She doesn't talk about how that affects her. Doesn't talk about the Jamal thing at all. She has no, like no connection to that story whatsoever. Makes me just think like, okay, so like I, I, I could not imagine that they edit her winning and not address it at all. Right. Yeah. Which just sucks. Like, I don't know. It, it, and I also just wish that they would have done, like, why not make Lauren, Jeremy Collins, and make Tommy, Natalie Anderson? I feel like they should have done that. And instead, they chose to over-justify Tommy early on. Mm-hmm. And now there's, there's this awkward thing where he's clearly the beta in this relationship, but is positioned as the alpha. So, yeah, there's no intrigue. Like, that's, I feel like, the missing puzzle piece is develop Lauren more early on, develop her, her character, her thoughts, her processes, instead of just telling us, like kind of telling us that she's an amazing player, actually kind of show us, then there would be a debate. Just like we had a debate every week about Dom or Wendell. Mm-hmm. We could be having that instead of me being more likely to win than Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what one of the big things that just sucking the energy out of the season is they only develop Tommy of the front runners. Yeah. It's just, one person who looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then you're left with, well, I don't know, this feels good. Like, maybe this will happen. Like, so far from likely. It just, yeah. yeah, it's not a good feeling. I don't think she said her occupation on the show. I don't think. We never knew that she had a husband. Yeah. Anything. We know nothing about Lauren. Have they been, how long have they been married? Did they just meet? Like, are they in an arranged marriage? We don't know. We don't know anything about her. Mm-hmm. It's just so uh, frustrating. Yeah. But that's probably good for Lauren. Mm-hmm. Lauren for All-Stars. Uh, yes. Hashtag. We want Lauren back. Yeah. there's a, like Casting did an impeccable job that I feel like Lauren might be one of the people I forget it when I'm like when Second Chance 2 happens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just because there are the Missies. There are these people that kind of commanded the screen a little bit more. Like Kelly, Missy. But like Lauren, it would be an exceptionally great choice to bring back. Right. So that brings us to Nora. <laughs> Do you still think that she could win? No, like absolutely <laughs> not. Like, and I wish, I wish I could see her winning because, like Nora, Nora is what's left of this season. Yes. Like she is just an amazing character. I love seeing whatever she gets up to on the episode, but. Yeah, she's sort of also fallen into even more inconsistency than she had before, where she's just not on a solid narrative. And I mean, with stuff like this, like, I guess you do have to wonder, like, you have to show it. So like, what are you going to do with Nora if she wins? But it just the logic's not there, I don't think. Yeah, I thought about it a couple times because she did get that one really good confessional where um, like she was crying in this one. She's like, I just want to do well so bad. And um, I thought for a little bit, like, hmm, could this be the winner? And then she did the Krishma thing. I'm like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we get like a winner bullying our fan favorite character at this point. 
Like, because mm-hmm. she was really mean. Like, that was really, really mean. <laughs> but, yeah, Nora is entertainment gold. Like, her confessionals are so good. I loved when she was like, oh, this is so stressful. I guess I like having power, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was so cool. Uh. And the irony is, of course, she does not have power. It completely falls out of her hands. Like, yeah. Wherever they found her, I love it. Her sister also seems the exact same. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she just comes out running, and you're like, oh my, like, I'm terrified. <laughs> so, I don't yeah. know. No- uh, Nora's great. I don't, I, yeah, I think losing finalist is probably. She weirdly doesn't feel like she can go next episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's not the one who's going to win. Mm-hmm. Like Tommy's not going to be thinking she's uh, going to leave. I feel like Nora in the finale makes a lot. Yeah. Like, why would you vote at Nora, especially when she can win challenges? Like, that gives her a little bit of extra longevity. Mm-hmm. But like, we you do like what Abby Maria left fifth in Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like sometimes they do kind of ditch the goat at the end, but I don't know. Nora seems like. She should make the end, <laughs> but I don't know. Between Dan, Dean, Nora, it's like pick two. Yeah, and Nora seems. I think mm, I don't know. I'm so conflicted, but she's probably in the finale. I think so. I guess there's a chance they vote her out for being too good at challenges. Yeah, and like somehow she. I don't know. The next time on Survivor is weird, where she's like spinning around, and like once you put that with the challenge it's like somehow she knows about the challenge so like i don't know Nora practicing it's all very weird and mm. curious just no, good, vibes, good vibes for nora to win that challenge i agree i feel like it's probably likely she goes to island of the idols again that'd be amazing it would be first two-time person like only the women left have gone to island of the idols none of the men yeah isn't that nuts like, Tommy might still not know Boston Robin Sandra. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. Just imagine the uncomf- like strangeness that's going to happen if Dan goes. Ooh, yeah. You just get a 10-minute segment of Dan. <laughs> Maybe he went in this episode, and that's why they weren't there. <laughs> didn't show it. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Yeah. Well, I think the family does it, probably. Yeah. But there yeah. was... Wasn't there another episode where they didn't show... Island of the Idol, so maybe yeah, it's a possibility. And Dan just plays an idol, like a limited time idol, or like just... <laughs> where to get that? Ugh. But yeah, no, I don't know. Nora intrigues me as to where she'll go because mm-hmm. I do think that in this one she's like, I'm not a goat. I'm not just gonna follow people. Similar to Krishma, so she could have some like spunk in her story left. But what that yeah. is, I'm not sure. If Tommy's going to get voted out at any point, it's probably going to be because of Nora. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's super likely, but <laughs> she's the only one who has like has him on radar. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else on Nora? No. I wish we could speak about her longer. Yep. It just doesn't seem likely. Yeah. And our last living player in the game is our boy Tommy, who I think these last two episodes have made me kind of understand why they really downplayed him throughout the season like if you look at just confessional counts he's really not even that high up because mm-hmm. he's kind of awkward like yeah i don't know his confessionals aren't the greatest he's kind of boring he's he's not the most charismatic and he's not even the best player so the fact that he still gets this golden boy 
style edit is very insane to me. Mm-hmm. And like we've been kind of making this comparison all season. He's Michelle Fitzgerald. Like that's what this is. Yeah. Um. And so many times people like Kara, Devin, etc. That's not what Michelle really was. She was really weird attention given to her of mm-hmm. personal content and strategic complex content. She had this complexity complexity to her that was unmatched to what we were seeing. I mean, that's Tommy. Tommy is kind of less visible than these other characters. There isn't an Aubrey, though. They're really... I guess it was Kareshma, probably. Be, I guess, or Callie. Like, well, is, was... is Lauren maybe an Aubrey? Mm. Like... Yeah, like, are casual fans thinking Lauren's gonna win? Is a good question. Because I think you think about, like, uh, Kaurang and how the final, well, final four minus Ty all had, like, good-looking edits, and so that's why you compare an Aubrey to a Michelle. But, like, Lauren looks like the big player, really, like, good and aggressive to, like, Tommy's more subdued sort of play style. Yeah. yeah, Lauren doesn't have like a winner's edit, but she does fill that Aubrey niche. It's the same with Aubrey, right? That's actually the same problem, right? That if you go back to flash back to Ko Rong, the real argument there was a tension between the edgic community, which almost universally picked Michelle, versus being like, no, well, how could Aubrey possibly lose? She's the best, but Aubrey's premiere was terrible. Her pre-merge was not good. She didn't have the foundation of a good at it right that's Lauren and then she mm-hmm. Aubrey was built up at the merge as an outstanding player that's Lauren that's a fantastic point yeah you're 100% right that's what this is it's just Lauren's been less like Aubrey was handled much better than Lauren was yeah so uh, that's something but no that's the thing is Tommy is the most like Michelle Fitzgerald that I think we've seen since her in terms of edit mm-hmm. mostly because it's he like we've been saying all season. He's getting credit for. He's narrating these votes that he's clearly not caring about. Like he narrates the Molly vote when he seems to want her to stay, and mm-hmm. Lauren not getting a confessional, flipping it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Do you think there's a possibility that Tommy and Lauren both in the end? Like, could Lauren be a losing finalist? See, I don't. I don't see that. I just can't imagine. Like, why? I don't know. I'd have to refresh on the Kaurang final tribal council but i feel like what would down what would push lauren below tommy is like making moves that cause the jury to be bitter and be like well that was not an okay thing to do lauren Mm -hmm. i don't feel like lauren's done that i feel like lauren's played a solid game and also a very uh fair game i guess and that's not, not hurting people unnecessarily that's true that's true yeah, I guess it's not super likely, but yeah, I don't know. To me, Tommy, like, it's disappointing because of how over the top it kind of was from the start. Just he hasn't had a tinge of negativity, really. Yeah. Um, and it's just been how great he is the whole season. Not like he's not really taking away camera time from much. He's just we're reminded no. in the background every now and then that Tommy's really great. <laughs> yeah, I will say he's. Not hogging the camera by any means, but I would almost say the time he is getting is still, like, too much for who he is or who he's being portrayed as. Like, I, I would mean, rather see less of the Tommy we're being shown. Yeah, because it's just not that interesting. Like, mm-hmm. 
I don't know, even like <laughs> I thought this episode especially like if this is the stuff that's going to be in his winter, just him being like, sure, the million dollars is nice, but I just want my girlfriend to be proud of me and all the kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, and he needs to get the job done. So yeah. It's, like, it's just like almost patronizing. Like, Tommy, do you not think these other people have people that will be proud of like, like they don't, they don't care about that. Like yeah. what makes you different? Are you rich? Is that why you don't, you don't care about the money? Like that's <laughs> not making me want you to win more. The whole thing is just, I don't know. It, he doesn't have, I guess he is one of the younger people. He doesn't have like, <laughs> he just kind of wants to win because he wants to win. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've done a lot to kind of separate him. And he, like we've been saying, he feels like he's on a different island almost at time. And that just sucks. Like I do. And they're also doing the thing, like the ghost island effect of every week. They're going to tell us that Dom and Wendell are going to get voted out, but they don't. And somebody else gets voted out instead. Right. Tommy's been the decoy boot, like decoy boot, like four times. Yeah. Maybe more. And they, they're always talking about Lauren and Tommy, such a strong pair. They need to be split up. Mm-hmm. And it never happens. And it basically turns out that that episode in the swap, when Missy's like, Ooh, should we vote out Tommy and Lauren? We, we need to separate Lauren from Tommy because if we don't, they could run the game. Mm-hmm. The story, it turns out, was, oh, Missy was right. They didn't vote them out. And as a result, Tommy and Lauren ran the game. Yep. And they were completely unstoppable. So when, so I guess to me, this is where I will uh, say, so when people tell you that throwing challenges a mistake and risky, this is why I think throwing challenges should be more accepted. Because Missy throws the challenge, takes out Tommy, completely different game. Um, and I guess it's just, I don't really like that the throwing challenges get such a bad rep. <laughs> and I would have preferred Tommy get voted out in the pre-merge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have complicated feelings on throwing challenges, working through them. Yeah. But <laughs> I think at this point, it's clear that the last um, pre-merge episode, they tend to throw in a line like that that gives you a hint for how the post-merge is going to go. Yeah. Like, we've got that in David vs. Goliath. I remember very plainly with Mike White talking about whether he should take out Nick or not. Nick or Lirsa. Yeah. He's like, you know, this could be the the difference between a million dollars. And it really was said in those terms almost in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing is, that's, I guess, something to pay attention to for the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said it. I was like, I think this. Uh, Missy quote here is important because she yeah. obviously pointed out Tommy and Lauren need to go and then they didn't. Yeah, Joe was right. Joe was so where right. We are now. Yeah, I and you were way more on the ball of that than I was. I because I, I've basically been predicting Lauren leaves every week and you actually correctly got that Lauren was going to be built up. Well, I don't know. There have been lots of episodes recently. This is Lauren. Like I thought last episode was going to go, but I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like Lauren and Tommy ran this game. <laughs> I guess the Tommy was kind of there for the ride, but looks like he'll probably get a million bucks off of it. I mean, all your vibes into Nora winning the immunity challenge, mm-hmm. all your vibes into Tommy somehow being voted out. Tommy the fire Tommy can't even really be the firemaker loser, probably. Oh sure he could. Think so? I don't know. He could lose to Janet, I guess. That, that is amazing. Ooh, that's actually, that, no, that's 
that's actually something I thought of is that Tommy could lose in fire making in a situation where Janet is in the finals. And then Honestly, works. that can I didn't don't know why I didn't even consider that. I think I just defaulted Tommy's in the end. That to me is realistic enough that I would put Janet number two. Yes, I have convinced you. Because the when Janet makes the fire in episode one, it's Tommy talking about her being super mom. Mm-hmm. And they're immediately kind of put together. You know what I mean? They are a duo. They are presented that way. And Tommy's multiple times referred to her super mom, referred to her fire making skills. That's realistic enough. And we've been talking about how Janet could be the torchbearer from a long time ago of kind of to- inherit Tommy's at it. Very similar to. Yeah, right. Tommy's fire. Yeah. Very similar to Chris and Rick. That's the kind of the trick that they did, right? They develop. Rick deserves to win over anybody. And so if anybody takes out Rick, then they deserve to win. You have a literally gladiatorial battle between Chris and Rick. Chris inherits it. Chris wins. Audience feels okay with that. They could be <laughs> the same here with Tommy. Mm. Okay, that's good. That's enough that I'll actually put it her number two. That's good. That's good. That gives me some hope. And the more we talk about it, the more it's in the universe. Mm-hmm. The more likely it is to happen. And that would explain why they just gave her so like such a glowing first episode of fire mm-hmm. oh and all season there's been this emphasis on females being really good at making fire that is like if you're gonna look for one thing that we don't have it's not even because i don't think there's a super feminist theme but there's definitely one with the women on this cast being outstanding at making fire and guys being very bad at it mm-hmm. jamal tom um right like all these people fail to make fire and then have confessionals right after kind of getting one-upped by a girl very possible that that's the story we've been missing this whole time tommy is that person he loses to janet i like it you're karishmaing on janet janet is now my number one winner contender oh my gosh not actually but uh, she's gonna go next episode and It's possible though, because that that would be the brilliant storytelling. Actually, that would solve most problems. It would explain her like really lackluster story. If why did she win? She just happened to be very good at making fire. That's why Janet wins. Yep. Yeah, that is interesting, huh? Please, please. (laughs) Um, the only other thing about Tommy that I think is kind of interesting is he's the only one that we um. Like, if you closed your eyes and watched the show, you would know what Tommy looks like. Uh, true. No one else, you would have that. Huh, it's been brought up multiple times. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that's a pretty huge deal. In this episode, I, I paid attention to it. Like, they, I forget what they said, but they were like the tall, lanky ginger guy. Yeah. Um, Dean got that before, too. Like, he called him a goofball, mm-hmm. uh, orange-haired goofball. That's the thing is, like, over and over again. Ooh! And this is another thing that I wanted to bring up. So I think that's kind of interesting. I feel like that's actually kind of a sign of winner. Most of the time, I feel like they're defined from some sort of physical appearance thing. Hmm. But that's kind of a smaller thing. But to lend credence to the idea of Tommy and Dean being in the end, I think that basketball confessional from Dean is the kind of thing that you do see um, with people who are against each other in the end. Yeah. Like the subtly putting each other against you, like putting like pitting them against each other. Mm-hmm. That honestly makes me think that Dean being a losing finalist is very, very possible. Hmm. 
and it's like you could even see it being like dean i'm a like basketball star and tommy be like yeah and i still beat you at basketball and blah blah, blah. like something <laughs> that seems possible um so yeah yeah i think that is a good point but that means tommy wins and it does uh... please janet beat him in fire making <laughs> please the screams i'll be screaming if that happens no that would be amazing like and if that's what they want if the lesson they learn from edge of extinction is not edge of extinction is good and surprises in the finale are good that's what you want them to take from edge of extinction like an unknown person beating rick devins is awesome Mm -hmm. Uh, them happening to come from a different (laughs) negate the entire game not awesome like had Victoria beat Rick Devins in the end, it would have been amazing. But mm-hmm. like, so that could be that could be where the the happiness comes from. Hmm. I'm so here for that. Anyways, anything else on Tommy before we move on to our dearly departed? I don't think so. Uh so in memoriam we have Elizabeth. Just kind of Elizabeth. Yeah, like Aaron, she sort of just fizzled out. Like her boot episode really wasn't about her. Nope. Um. Elizabeth got screwed. She managed to flip the vote off of her onto Karishma, and it didn't matter. Eh, I mean, that's did Elizabeth do that much, though? Seems like she did a decent job. I feel like Karishma just dug her own grave. Yeah, that might be true. That might be true. I kind of... Okay, so in episode 10, did you get the vibe that Karishma was intentionally being terrible to get votes on her? Um... That's the vibe I left with. I don't think so. Mm. I guess I wanted that to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> we really didn't have much clue of that, but we have yeah. got a couple times when, like, when she's faking sick. Yeah. Like, stuff like that, so um, I thought that was a possibility. The other thing with Elizabeth um, and Nora, <laughs> when they dig through her bag, when they dig through Krishma's bag, they find a crumpled up note. This is another thing with the paper in Survivor. Clearly, it's all <laughs> over the place if there's a crumpled up note that they're not going to read. <laughs> a parchment yeah. that had to be the congrats you found the idol right no i mean what else would it be they're getting like papers for like tree mail and stuff i think all the time and so Pumped like, up in your bag well i don't know if you want to save one and just have it so joe if we were on the beach on survivor and my bag's open like i go like what, and you see a crumpled up piece of paper you're not gonna open it and read it no i'm gonna read the no i think it's weird that they didn't read the note, but like, I wouldn't be shocked to see it's like tree mail. Like, oh, what a nice souvenir you have. But like, it's not like we've even got letters from home or anything. That, like, what is it? Tree mail. Why is she cr- like this? Does everyone crumple up tree mail in their bag? Sure. I don't know. Like, and <laughs> but you okay? You said tree mail for Dean's too. It was blank. <laughs> it was blank, blank on both ends. It was not blank on both sides, was it? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm like 90% sure it was. I feel like you would have seen the writing on both sides. Mm. When he holds it up, it's not like there's a tree mail writing on the back of it. I think there's writing on the back of it. If I'm wrong, if he actually used tree mail, that's awesome. I don't think he did, though. Okay. Hmm. That's something I'll have to check and we'll, we'll report back next week. Okay. But, yeah. But yeah, no. So Elizabeth got uh, quite unfortunately pagonged here, but also like. Dan throwing that vote on her was devastating. Mm-hmm. Like poor Elizabeth. Like <laughs> they ended up splitting the votes by one. I, I'm kind of curious if this was a move by Dan. They thought of like in the moment. He's like, "Oh, 
I think they probably pre-planned it. Mm. They're like, it's so unlikely, but we'll put one just in case. Because, like, I do wonder why they didn't do two, because, like, what if Krishman and Elizabeth are together? Right? But I don't know. Yeah, like, if Elizabeth... You know what? I take back my uh, uh, being nice to Elizabeth, because if you're Elizabeth (laughs) and you know everybody's voting Karishma, why not just vote with her anyway? Because, like, if they they are splitting it on you, there's a chance you don't go home, right? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's so many layers, because then, like, if Karishma tells you one thing, doesn't... Maybe she's just voting for you, and... Yeah, and I guess she doesn't know about the idol. It's like, I don't know how anyone does it. Like, especially, like, in this last tribal, where, like, things are flowing back and forth. How can you trust anyone? I don't know. Survivor's not my game. (laughs) (laughs) Survivor's not my game. I like that. But yeah, I guess, to me, it would just be, why bother being the 8th or ninth on a thing when you could give yourself more defensive room? Like, if she votes Janet, Janet goes home. What if it's a split, a truly split vote, mm. and Elizabeth's vote against Karishma is the one that? Yeah, and Karishma votes Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a possibility. That is a possibility. So yeah, that's fine. I Elizabeth was an interesting character. I thought, like, obviously, it sucked that she was wrapped up so much activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I I hope she had a good time. But I like that she played cutthroat and ruthlessly. Yeah. Like that for somebody who didn't know much about Survivor, she didn't just like float by like most recruits. She tried her best. She tried to learn. She tried to learn the machinations of the game. That's something I like. I want more recruits to be like Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. She was an amazing character, except when she wasn't. And yeah. now we get to enjoy her reaction faces on the jury. Oh, she's the going to be the best juror. I guess we saw her in this one. She's just like got the best facial expressions. Like. Mm-hmm. She's really fantastic. Um, And then that brings us to Karishma, who, like, what a conflicting character, eh? Like, she is the definition of mixed, where you you love her because she's an underdog, but you also get why everyone hates her, but you also feel really bad that everyone hates her. Yeah. It's just been such a journey. Like, what is the point of Karishma? Where is Karishma going to land? Is Karishma a winner? And now we're here, and she goes out very, like, she's just sort of sitting there while everyone talks around her, and then the vote ends up on her. It's just like, yeah. well, I don't know. I definitely like her. Like I said, in the moments where she's playing, and she's playing hard, like, she's a really good character. Um, yeah, like, the story of Karishma is basically, was she made for Survivor? No. Is she a great Survivor player? No. But at least she cares. Like, I thought the scene when she doesn't sit out of that challenge was so heartfelt and touching and the kind of thing that made me just like, she has a love pass for me forever with her answer of just like, I promised myself I would never sit out of a challenge and my head's strong, but like I don't know why my body isn't. And I want to be good at this thing, but I'm just not, I'm not a good survivor <laughs> player. I thought I would be. I'm not. Uh, right? like, just, that's, she yeah. even got that with the jungle queen stuff a couple weeks ago. She's like, I thought I would be the jungle queen and I'm not, I'm just like, mm. I'm terrible. I hated it here. Like, but she still wanted to win so bad. Like that's what yeah. I respect about Krishma is, I don't know. Like you need more Krishmas and less laurels. Mm-hmm. 
Like, Kreshma was willing to do anything, and I think that's why she get, ends up getting a really good edit. Like, really flattering, mostly positive, but mixed view on Kreshma. Like, the lens of Kreshma is, sure, she has all kinds of problems, and we're going to show you. We're also going to let you know that she cares a lot. Like, and she's never going to go down easy. She's going to kick and scream and fight as hard as she possibly can. That's just not very much, because she's very terrible at the game. Mm-hmm. But you want that. You want even your bad players to try. Yeah. Like the worst thing you can do in Survivor is just like be a tag along with no impact whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like if Laurel and Dean are kind of like whipping people for the edit, like to be like, don't play like this, don't play like this. You were under season. You were under. Christmas like the opposite, right? It's yeah. Thank you for trying. Yeah, you tried to breathe life into this, and then you just couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, you were so unlikable, you couldn't, but... Yeah, I don't know. And, like, poor Krishma having to be, like, like lambasted by Nora for being antisocial. Like, <laughs> that had to be so painful. You're like, wait, I'm I'm less than her? Like... <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I really liked Krishma. Yeah. A preseason... We didn't do the preseason podcast, but we talked about it earlier. I was so high on Krishma, and everyone was so low. It's going to be super awkward and weird. I'm like, no, this girl knows Survivor. She's a super fan. She's going to do well. Um, and I feel like somehow both sides were right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, she was terrible, but she did love Survivor enough that she would put up with it. Which... Yeah, like like you kept saying throughout the season, she is better than I think even the edit would have you believe still. Yeah, like... I agree. She made it out of so many scrapes. Like, like I think we get a lot of Christmas cast, but the problem is they go out episodes one to three. Mm-hmm. She's just one who managed to survive till episode 12. And for that, I am so yeah. sorry. What if Stephanie Johnson, but she's literally the decoy boot every episode for <laughs> the entire season? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's unheard of. She passed the record for most votes ever by a healthy margin. Especially mm-hmm. if you take out, like, the previous holder was Laura Moret, who, like, she got voted out twice in a season. Like, it wasn't, like... Yeah. Like, you know, what I mean? it wasn't just, like, she was it's something like this. Like, she actually, like, left the game and came mm-hmm. back. Uh, Dean voted for her five times. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, yeah, and I guess he did vote her. Yeah, he, yeah, he did vote her, obviously. Yep. Um, no, well, yeah, yeah, he did, but it was in the tribal... Uh, blew up Nora's game, so mm-hmm. killing two birds with one stone. That Dean, yeah, no, it's it's funny that he kind of comes out on top in this rivalry. Yeah, it's gotta be one of the best survivor rivalries ever. <laughs> Dean just wants her out so bad from early on. Mm-hmm. They constantly make amends and then turn on each other immediately with no, um, like no looking back. Yeah, yeah, I I really appreciate Krishna. I'm really glad that she played, and yeah, I do think that she isn't not a terrible like she she's a terrible survivor player in some ways, but not in all. Mm-hmm. That said, um, I don't think enough people. Ooh, this is one thing I want to touch on before we move before we leave. So the last episode we covered was Missy's boot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, in hindsight, it's so clear that Krishna made a terrible play, like you know, Missy. Missy. Well- I mean, yeah, instead of Tommy. And no one wants to get rid of Tommy. Right, yeah, everyone's in Tommy's uh, corner. But in hindsight, I do want to kind of 
go back to that episode where the central uh, tension is, well, Tommy will care and actually bring, like, care about Karishma and bring her to the end because he really, like, loves her, you know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't see her as just a tool to be used. And then he immediately votes her out in the next two tribals. <laughs> that, to me, is the single big thing of why I think Tommy absolutely has up because when Karishma's our sympathetic character, Tommy's the one who gets the confessionals consoling her. When she's no longer a sympathetic character, he's the one rallying the forces to get her out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very, very interesting. When With mixed characters like that, it's interesting to see where people end up when it's positive, when it's negative. And Tommy always ended up on the right side there, which I think is very interesting. But separate to that, I think Missy would have brought her a lot further and probably has some ability to swing the game. Probably gives Krishma a whole lot more win equity. I feel like this is a case of a okay but messy player in Krishma made one really, really, really big mistake that she could just not recover from. Yeah, that double tribal like killed the entire quote-unquote girls alliance of mm-hmm. Lyro. Missy obviously got voted out because of it. Elizabeth had nowhere to go and got voted out. Krishma like lost someone who was actually probably going to keep her. And then Elena's in a terrible position going forward. Yeah. So uh it wasn't that Lyro was L for loser. It was just that a twist completely unsettled their game. Yeah, completely obliterated them. Like, especially with Aaron dropping at the same time, like separate. Like yeah. really brutal. And I guess in hindsight, I mean maybe that twist was a bad thing. I know I found it fun in the moment, but yeah, it was fun in the moment, but I don't know. I guess we've had it twice and it's enabled the pagonging both times. Mm-hmm. Like but it's let, let the powers that be get their like, um, like leashes back on all the people that were kind of breaking up both times. Yeah. I know. It's weird that we liked it in the moment when still like, Oh, Tommy's going to win. Like it made it a worse jaunt to Tommy's win than mm. <laughs> it would have yeah. been. No, that's that's for real. That's for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anything else before we... I don't think so. Cool. So I'm going to list off what I think our uh, remaining boot order is going to be. Oh, good. I will prepare yeah. to do that while you do that. So I'm going to say our girl Elaine leaves next. That leaves Dean leaving at the final six. Janet at the final five. Lauren, our fire-making loser. Nora... Zero votes. Dan, what, there's 11 people on the jury? So eight, no, 11 jurors. Yeah. I'm going to say Dan gets four votes. Tommy gets seven votes. Ugh, four votes. Wow. Um. Okay. Let's Maybe say... actually four, five, two. You think Nora gets two votes? I could see. Mm, maybe <laughs> not. Oh, poor Nora. Maybe one, no, six, think... four, one. I um um let's say let's say they do it and Lauren goes next. Um then it is Janet and then uh Elaine. I don't know, this is a very bad one. Nora and Dean are in fire making. <laughs> Wait. No, okay, this has gone bad. The stakes <laughs> of that fire making. <laughs> hold on i have to think 
I want it to be different from yours. <laughs> but I don't think it is. Um, who'd you... Yeah, Just have I, Dean win the fire making. No. Um, hmm. You said you thought Dan could be a early finale boot. I did. Okay. Elaine... No, Lauren goes. Um, then Elaine... Gosh, it doesn't work out right. Right? Uh, That's the thing. Dan is kind of... <laughs> Like when you do the math, like you think about it, Dan like has to be in the end. Yeah, that's because uh. Janet can't make it to fire, so she can't be four. Because I think if she makes it to fire, she wins. Okay. So she can't come fourth place. Let's say uh, Elaine, Janet, Nora, Lauren, and then I would I think Tommy wins eleven zero zero eleven zero zero. Oh, I don't think it'll be like that. I think that I think Dan gets. A, I, I guess my hot take here is I think Dan gets a number of jury votes. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Mm, interesting. We will see. We will see. So mm. that's our show. Um, you can email us at us at the winner edit no s at gmail dot com. Um, <laughs> new episodes are on Fridays this week, uh, but basically once a week. Some sometimes we should. Weekend. We should be good the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't yeah, have Thanksgiving any... messed us no, up. No big American holidays. Yeah, it was actually so unfortunate. Joe is an American, so he had Thanksgiving, fake Thanksgiving. Um, and then I worked all the, like I was basically super busy all the times except for the weekend. So made last week very very impossible. Thank you for all your nice messages uh, to my mm. inbox to everybody. Speaking of which, you can find. Our uh, podcast on all major podcast catchers. If you're this far in it, you probably found it. But, you know, tell your friends or whatever. Interview us on iTunes. Yeah. If you want, you can follow us at Twitter. On Twitter, I'm at Danny Kills Bees. <laughs> He's. Are you going to get it this time? J Chapman 9000. Yeah. Yeah. I so, yeah. About how bad my Spotify rap went. Yeah. And tell us um, in the comments if you want um, who was your artist of the decade? My song of the decade is a song I've never heard before. That happened to you as well. Um, hit me up. Yeah, let's let's uncover this conspiracy. Yeah, my uh, song of the decade was "Dear McCracken" by a band that doesn't have a, that I've never heard before. I don't know how it ended up being my song of the decade, but I don't know. It's not very good. Hmm. Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's our show. Bye. That's it. Bye.